Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Exploring and expanding the consciousness. Learning from each other. discuss and explore our journeys of spiritual development. You are now tuned in to the Full Circle Frequency. Previously on Full Circle Podcast. Julie channeled, um, Julie, Julie channeled Karen Carpenter. I did. And um, Glenn oiled his joints. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. We had a bit of an abrupt stop last time, didn't we? We abrupt got a bit carried end. away, didn't we? We, we? we tried to use too much of that last minute, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the second episode of the Full Circle podcast, Back to Oneness. Um, and we're going to recap. We're going to go back slightly into the previous episode um we were talking julie what were we talking about i started to go through my journey with there being different and connected to the spiritual realm yeah i think i got to the healing side of it there so i focused on the healing rather yeah. than the other areas that i tried the uh, the cards tarot cards the palmistry the tea leaves there my mum was also doing healing as well so i sort of yes yeah went along to the spiritual churches and did some of the group healing in the, the sessions there okay so we'll 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 go back into that yeah. and we'll carry on that we'll, i'm also going to go with glenn and talk a yeah. little bit more about glenn's um spirituality and awakening as well and then we need okay. to go on to the actual episode don't we <clears throat> of yeah. um self-care and coping strategies that we have we do indeed we can share yeah. so anyway where should we start then shall we go back to yourself julie or should we start with glenn i don't mind Glenn, you've not said anything. Yet. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I can't waiting. get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> it's Julie. <laughs> we'll have to gag her next time. Next month. Uh, yeah, well, my spiritual journey started, I would say, when I was really, really young. But at the time, I didn't realise it. I, I just knew I was a bit different to everybody else. Um, kind of the guy that you would see left on the the football field on the line waiting to be picked to be on a side. I, I was that, that young lad. And so I always felt a little bit different. Uh, but it wasn't until I would say I, I reached the age of 18 where I started to um, interact with spirit. And this happened in a really bizarre way. Um, I was um, in a, a party with friends and, of course, we was very interested in uh, in all things weird. Uh, we liked the music and all, all of that sort of thing. And for some reason, I just had the inclination to uh, pick up a pen and paper. And um, for some reason, my hand just started moving on its own accord. And the next minute, all this uh, text was coming onto the paper. And it was saying all these profound things that I had no 
knowledge of. Mm. Um, so for me, that intrigued me. You know, at, at the start, it was a bit of a laugh because my friends were there. But then um, in the privacy of my own home, I carried on doing this. And um, upon doing this, it developed into psychic art. So I, I started to get um, uh, pictures from the other side channeling through. And it was very bizarre. Most people that do automatic writing or psychic mm. art will tell you, I'm sure. Um, you, you're just there, you're relaxed in a relaxed state of mind. You've got no thoughts in your head or anything like that. And you're kind of just looking at, at the page like everybody else is doing. But the thing is, you've got no control over your hand. Mm. It's doing it by yeah. itself. And so that's what initially got me started. Um, then the automatic writing, that kind of developed into the point where I was hearing the messages before my hand interpreted it into writing on the paper. And so after a while, the writing um, was kind of left alone and I just uh, went on the internal dialogue, if that makes sense. And it got to such a state, I say a state, because I had no control over it at the time. Mm. So I had no idea what chakras were uh, or auras or anything like that. I was just intrigued by, by hearing all these voices and, you know, these pictures forming on paper. And so it reached a point where things got a little bit out of hand. So I wasn't getting any sleep. Mm. Um, to anybody within the family when they had held a conversation with me, it appeared that I was from another planet. You know, I was yeah. talking all this bizarre stuff that they had no sort of connection with. Yeah, yeah, no connection yeah. with. So, um, but what really freaked me out was in the beginning there, again, I was around 18. I was lying in my bed, you know, dozing off as of an evening. I wasn't asleep because I wasn't able to with all the energy. And the next minute I saw this uh, tunnel of light. And the best way I can describe it is it looked like the beginning of a Warner Brothers cartoon. Um, oh. You know, this tunnel came down at the end of my bed. And the next minute at the end of the tunnel, I saw thousands upon thousands of different faces that I had no knowledge of. I'd never seen them before. And as you can imagine, I was freaked out. I was literally paralyzed. I couldn't move anything other than my eyes. And so that was the ultimate one for me. And at that point, I, uh, I opened up to my parents and told them about what I was going through. Mm -hmm. They was concerned because um, they wondered if it was some sort of mental disorder I had. So just yeah. to cover the bases there... Um, Luckily enough, they had friends of friends who went to a spiritualist church. And mm, so they, yeah. they set up a meeting with myself and them. And upon meeting up with them straight away, they both said, yep, he's working with energy. And um, then they sat me down and they explained to me what was going off. They also explained the chakra system and they also explained why I was being bombarded with all this information and energy. Yeah. He says because you you haven't um, you've got no knowledge of the chakra Chakras, system yeah. and yeah. you Be need open. to learn to open yeah. and open close, close them, them and also yeah. bring your auric field in as well. Yeah. So they taught me how to do that, and within doing that, they put me in a meditation state, and I got to meet my main spirit guide. We had some dialogue, we shook hands, and uh, from that point on. You know, I was still intrigued. I was doing it privately, you know, in the home there. 
Um, of course, being a young lad at the time, I wanted to go out and party mm-hmm. and carry on doing that. I wanted to fit in, wanted to be liked. Yeah. And of course, having these abilities back then, this was, I'm going back to the early 90s, um, this you know, it wasn't really acceptable as widely as it is today. So I would say um, after that point, I kind of put it on the back burner and carried on being a normal 18-year-old. Mm. Well, as you two can probably associate with, um, when spirit wants to work with you, they're going <laughs> to yeah. work with you. And yeah. so you don't get a choice, do you? No. And so it Come back and get the opportunity yeah. to tap back in. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And so it kept coming back and coming back until... It reached a point where I thought, do you know what? Okay, I get it. I get the hint. This is who I am. I need to embrace it. Yeah. And um, so at that point, I, I started to attend a local spiritualist church. On a regular basis, every Sunday service I would go, and I'd, I'd inquire, I'd, I'd ask questions. And it came to the point where one week I got approached by one of the um, the members there and who invited me to attend and join the development circle. So uh, I did, I carried on with that. And uh, through the development I received in the spiritualist church, that's where I learned all the skill sets that are very much needed to be, um, you know, a spiritual medium and and a medium and a sensitive. Um, So we learned all manner of techniques, um, you know, public speaking, we did psychometry, we did angel card reading, we did the flower reading, scrying you know you name it we we covered all the bases there and also grounding yourself aligning with the present energy so that was a good foundation for me and yeah sure i'm waffling on a bit aren't i do you you think then do you know for your own development would you suggest anybody that is open to energy at a young age to find a development group or find some a, a mentor yes really yeah, yeah. A, a guide I, th- I can i can imagine yeah. really at a young age <clears throat> or at any age it could be quite scary to all of a sudden like you were saying you were seeing all those different faces yeah mm-hmm. a little bit like professor x i suppose from um the x-men yeah it was yeah. In. it yeah. was overwhelming yeah and, and of course yeah. I was quite lucky in the respect that um, I, I got placed in that uh, down that avenue with friends of friends of my parents. Yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I'd certainly recommend yeah people to to reach out to other people of a like mind. Definitely. That can offer advice. Um, be careful if you're doing this online because um, you know there is a lot of no disrespect, but there is a lot of charlatans out there. So you've yes. got to yeah. Go with your, um, your, your intuition. Intuition, yeah, that's right, Julie, yeah. and uh, and trust that. I mean, there will be people that will want to demand finances off you for for helping you. You know, I, all I would say is just be a little bit wary of those people, um, and just put your feelers out there. It's um, um, it's more and more at the minute. Sorry, Glenn. Just no, you really fine, wanted no. to say. People need to be aware of when, when, like yourself, when you do lives, when I do a live. Yeah. There's that many, with with everybody that are doing lives at the minute, so many people on there sending everybody that's commented a message to yeah. say, come to me for a reading. Oh, yeah. spammers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awful at the minute. That's really bad at the minute. 
Yeah, just I jumping in, aren't they, on every opportunity? Too, but but what I tell my clients uh, when they're viewing me live online is, um, you know, don't get, uh, don't send them any bad vibes or anything like that. Just send them love. They're obviously in a desperate part of their life to be doing that on, you know, leeching off of somebody yeah. else in that manner. Mm-hmm. So just send them love. But also, you know, you've got to be realistic. Obviously report them uh, to the governing platforms that they're doing this. Uh, and then obviously ban them and delete them because it's spoiling everybody else's experience on your live feed, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. people are, they will start and feel a little bit intimidated to come and watch you live again because of that experience. So um, just send them love and report them and delete and ban them. That would be my advice. Yeah. Mm. So, Julie, let's go back. Let's go back. Okay. So, Julie, you were talking <coughs> about uh, healing and your teenage years. Of discovering sort of and discovering, who I was. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it goes back before the teenagers, but I don't have much of a recollection. I do remember seeing um, images when I was about probably four or five, so I'm told, um, where I was worried about being in the darkness. I was obviously seeing, I don't know whether it was people or animals in the spirit world, um, but I had a great fear of the dark for a long time. Right. Um, And I don't know what I'd seen. I think just as a young child it can be, you know, you get different visions and maybe I just wasn't ready for those visions then, but that seemed to go and it went more of the feeling for me, being aware of sensations. So in the teenage years, before I went into the healing, I was aware of the chakras that I was able to open and close my chakras. Yes. Could feel the energy whirring. So I did experiment quite a lot, um, sort of lying there meditating. Yeah. You know. How do you visualize your chakras? I don't visualise, I just feel and right. I feel them open. Um, and I, I was aware of energy travelling up the spine through the chakras because I've also had a kundalini awakening as well, yes, which yeah. yoga can help to activate that. doesn't always That's happen. something that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. As I was saying, um, I've been trying of- to, I felt like I was trying to work with, kundalini kundalini energy energy yeah and and trying to activate that awakening when actually you said i think you had it you had that awakening eight years ago yeah definitely (laughs) with 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 what i'd gone through eight years ago because you go through um some awakenings they're not quite as fluffy they're not dark but they are unusual and um you can feel like you're sort of going slightly mad i don't mean you know um, from a mental point of view, but you question what's happening to you. Is this really happening? Um, I experienced uh, itching, uh, insomnia for six months. Um, oh, I've got dear. high energy anyway, but I was literally awake all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, body twitches, um, yeah. feeling fire sort of energy rising until it actually came at the top of the head. And when I was experiencing all of this, which was um that was probably in my early 20s um i was obviously doing yoga then and uh, i went to the training days and the workshops and i i was struggling with it to be honest uh, i was really struggling to actually function 
on the earthly plane because I was going through all these different sensations and feelings. And I actually went to someone and said, can someone help me? And there was nobody there that was able to help me. So I had to learn to manage <coughs> the, um, the symptoms of the Kundalini awakening. And the more I did the yoga, the more they were happening. Um, I've had people in my classes have Kundalini awakenings as well. Um, and yeah, it can be quite challenging. Yeah. can go on for years, uh, which I found. It went on for a few years. Can I ask there, Julie, did, yeah. you said your mum was a, a, a medium when you was younger. Um, yeah. Could you, did your mum offer any insights uh, to what was happening? Could she pick up on it? Um, she could pick up that I was, uh, I'd got the healing ability, yeah. um, but she couldn't offer any help because although she was the medium, I managed and looked after her. I know it sounds, I became the parent. Right, so it was almost okay. like, although I didn't understand what was going on myself, that I had to manage it, and I also had to manage uh, my mum. Yes, yeah, so, you know, yeah, uh, because my mum, um, she struggled at times to close off and close her chakras down or her connection to spirit down, and she was in trances for hours on end at, at some point, and uh, I did get some help from a neighbour at one point. Mm. I was about 15. Uh, I wasn't frightened by it because it, it's not frightening, but it's it's strange and it's it's unusual if you're not sort of used to that kind of thing. At that point, I'd got yeah. used to all sorts of things going on, you know, in the house. Uh, um, but I, I sort of put it on the back burner, a bit like Glenn said there, and thinking, well, you know, I, I can't, I can't deal with this at the moment. But it just keeps coming back. And then I started to buy crystals and wear bracelets. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I d went into the Reiki. And, again, I always had a very severe sort of strong reaction. to. I've, I've got quite a sensitive uh, system, I think, energy-wise. Um, and I used to just use that on friends and family and animals, particularly animals I would um, put my hands on and be, you know, quite close to the animal kingdom there. And, and then I put it on the back burner again because I was running my own business at this point as well at age 17. Wow. So I was doing all of this <laughs> as well as uh, running a, a business teaching because I'm a fully qualified piano, keyboard organist and singing teacher. Yeah. So I was doing that as well um, and in bands and writing music. So there was just, there's always been a lot going on in my life really. Always juggled a lots of different things. Yeah. You know. So a lot of a bit, little bit like fingering many pies, Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Who were misses? Yeah, but yeah, with the the music there, Julia, I'm sure you will find that uh, this actually enhanced your spiritual ability. I, I know it did definitely. for me. Definitely, it, yeah. it brings your energies up, doesn't it? So yeah. It's a real boost, I think, and I feel very fulfilled as well with the music. Mm. It sort of uh, brings the joy inside there, and the singing's very good as well, isn't it? For were we talking about were we talking about that when we're saying mu how music literally fills the soulful, heart space? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, fills yeah. the heart space, doesn't it? Mm. Different music. I think it became my friend really because I had my mum was there, um, my dad was not there. For me, but he, he was around, but he wasn't there for me. So I felt the music was was my life, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Really. And it's always been there um, right through. And then I've added this other creative, you know, sparks to it, really. music then, for you, I suppose you could liken it to, to reading a book um, for that escapism. Yeah, from, from the world, really. I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I would be totally engrossed in what I was doing, you know, and I've mm. applied that to other areas of my life, branching off from the music. I actually took yoga up, funnily enough, to calm me down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it gave me more energy to channel even more avenues, um, which was good because I think um, when you're younger, you sort of your head's all over the place and you're doing all this, that and the other and it just brought everything back to centre. Yeah. And so although I do more than I did then, everything's very clear now and um, organised in my head. Yeah. I suppose you have to compartmentalise things. Yeah. Really? I suppose if you don't do that, everything's just been going to become that weight, that weight on, the, on your shoulders, isn't it? It could be quite heavy yeah i think um when i first started the yoga training uh, i was doing a lot of things but i wasn't focused then it was a struggle to manage um, but as time went on i became clearer and calmer and i decided that i wanted to teach yoga for myself but also to help other people because i think if you can clear your mind and you can be strong and focused in your mind and body you can achieve anything yes yeah. really and I believe that I've achieved quite a lot considering the struggles that I've uh, I've had. You know, everyone has different things going on in their lives there, but uh, it's certainly been a very, <laughs> not a straight path. No. Lots of twists and turns there, you know. Well, you're still smiling, so. I you, am. You won. Yeah. Duly won. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. It's made me into the person I am so I can help people. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's usually the case, isn't it? Why we go through these struggles. I'm sure we've yeah. all been through them here as well. Yeah. Uh, with those lessons that we've learnt, um, we can share that wisdom with others. Yeah, it's mm. almost like we've had to shed different, <clears throat> like an onion. We've had to yeah. peel back layers. those layers yeah. um, and deconstruct ourselves so we can construct ourselves into who we are now. Yeah. Really. Transformation, isn't yeah. it? metamorphosis yeah. yeah that makes sense because i mean um obviously we're <clears throat> we're all taught in a certain way through the educational system and i don't know about you two but um oh when i had a, a big awakening now it's, it's probably about 11 years ago i had to unlearn everything i'd, I'd learnt. yeah and was... it it was like um some people call it is it the uh, dark night of the soul or the yeah. um you know it's like you say, it's like layers of an onion. Your beliefs shadow change. Work. and um, shadow work, Glenn, yeah. You, you have to rebuild, don't you, from the ashes there. Yeah, and become stronger. Yeah. And, and clear about yeah. your life's purpose. <clears throat> we have to unlearn everything that we've been conditioned, don't we, to learn. That's right. All that yeah. conditioning that we've had from parents, grandparents, mm. I suppose conditioning from past lives. The ancestors. Yeah. Ancestors, oh, that ancestral energy as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's about unlearning all of that. Um, I forgot what I've lost, what I was going to say then. Can't have been important. Well, I think it's about just uh, 
unbecoming to become yeah. who we are now. And I think that's why we're doing what we're doing, isn't it, really, to um, share our experiences and journeys with the, with the listeners. I, I think in many respects, um, the dark night of the soul, really, it, it's, it's an invitation to take your own power back to take that responsibility and um, to look at life with confidence again, um, you know, and to look at the things where you have given your power away and, you know, you're reclaiming that power back by not giving it your en- attention or energy anymore. So uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to this uh, particular subject, particularly at this moment in time as well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're all going through, on varying degrees, different um, different levels levels of, of, of mental issues. You know, I'm not yeah. going to say we're, we're all mental, but you know, it, we are. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, mental health is is key to everything. Um, yeah, I think everybody has <clears throat> at some point. Everybody has or goes through a degree of mental illness. Yeah, ill mental health. And I think 2020 and 21, 2021 so far, has been a massive challenging, period. Isn't it? It's been challenging, but also yeah. a really big period for us to interest, introspect ourselves, hasn't it? Definitely. And go into reevaluate yeah, re-evaluate every part of your life, yeah. really, because it's all been turned into chaos. In many respects, we've all been given that gift of time that we've never had before because we've always made excuses. Yeah. We, we can't spend that time in meditation. We've got work. We've got to drive here. We've got to sort yeah. this Rushing out. Rushing around. Got to go to the shops. Well, mm. all of that, you know, there's no excuses anymore. You know, no. now's the time to, if you're not doing it already, then please take the opportunity to do so. It, it will change your life massively in a good way. So see the positive in the situation for a start and um you know like phil said uh, go within definitely mm. yeah and, and and your journey phil you know where did it all start for you yes let's hear about yours yeah. mm. okay so <coughs> I'm, i probably would say i mean I've, I've 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 written this this is this is in a bio actually for glenn for next month um and I think really my spiritual journey started probably when I was around eight, um, eight, nine. And wow. I can always remember when I was at primary school that the only thing, the only thing that I ever wanted was a Bible. Right. I wanted a Bible. Wow, that's unusual. Um, and that's what I wanted. Just wanted a Bible for Christmas. But the one film that really made me think about other things beyond this earth yeah this realm was um an old film now um called the never-ending story oh that's brilliant great film yeah um and that's all that's always been my my favorite film to this day i would love to call myself bastian I'm not allowed. <laughs> What's your language? I've been told I'm not allowed to call myself. I'm not allowed to change my name to that. Feel free to. No, don't. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was one film that really made me think about things beyond mm-hmm. our world and our compre- comprehension. Comprehension, yeah. And the, the energies that are beyond here. 
really. So that kind of stayed with me for quite a while, really, um, until now. Still here. I still think, I still watch it. If I see it on TV, I have to watch that mm. film. Um, and more so now, I'm seeing the spiritual side to it. Yeah, the um, symbols. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, subtext. Yeah, the, yeah. So, like the orange symbol. Yeah. That he wears, which is the, I think it's the two snakes. Okay. Which is, again, yeah. Kundalini energy. And well. the, the, where the, 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 the palace where the Empress lives, if you look at the top, right. it's the, is it Triskelion? Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's yeah. the top of the, 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 is it a castle? It's not a castle, is it? Almost, it, it is. It's a while since I've watched it. Yeah, Maybe I need to touch base with it mm. again. So yeah, anybody and watch that film is fantastic. Mm. Um, but from having that Bible, that's kind of where my mum then started to look at her spirituality, mm. and uh, then that's where we started going to church. Okay. So the first part of my own spirituality was being brought up really, brought up really in. In, in church, the Church of England. Right. Um, and mum was a reader. Dad was church warden at Warsop Church. Okay. Uh, so I grew up there, grew up with, in the choir, and that's actually how I met Darren from Congress okay. of Sound. Yeah. Me and Darren grew up at Warsop Church together. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that, was the, so that was kind of that journey of discovery. And wanting to know and always wanting to know more. And that feeling of something being there, but I could never put my finger, finger on, on what it, it was, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. But I think the ma- my, main, my main spiritual awakening must have been about eight years ago, really. We were talking about this. Yeah, we? through depression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad passing away, my marriage breaking down and... Slipping into that depression, really, but obviously, look at depression now, and I think actually that was the Kundalini awakening. Absolutely, it's a blessing in yeah. disguise, yeah. isn't it? But you don't realise it mm. at the time. Um, so that's when I went and I put myself into therapy. Okay, actually, to deal yeah. with what I'd got going off, and my therapist, Chrissy, absolutely fantastic, um, such a special soul, really authentic such an authentic person um and she started me thinking about meditation right. and reiki and that's when mm-hmm. i started on my reiki journey as well so i started going to reiki classes in clipston um and then from then i'll join different groups as well so i'd started with different development groups um and then i came across uh, the phoenix within yeah group Oh, that's uh, where I, I met you with Angie. Where I knew you right. when it, it, was that, that was Raven? Rainworth, yeah. <clears throat> oh, so that's when I started to really develop yeah. um, my. And how long ago was that? Reading then? skill. I'm not sure. I think I did my Reiki Masters in 2015. Okay. Um, with Angie, actually. So, yeah. so Angie, Angie is my Reiki Master. Yeah. Um, so that was where I started. That group was where I started to, to, to develop my my gifts, really. So I suppose compared to yourselves, I'm a bit of a latecomer to developing 
my psychic abilities, the and reading energies and things like that. I suppose it's all, it's always been there, though, hasn't yeah, it? So, yeah, so, yeah. Say the same thing. Yeah. That knowing, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, having breaks from it, but then coming back to because you you're pulled into it and drawn into it, mm. and you keep getting signs, don't you? Things happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, I find it, it's still, it's still developing even more now. Yeah. Uh, and especially over the last year of that period of introspection and looking inwards and looking at my shadow self and, and removing that conditioned mm. or, or that conditioned, um, what word am I looking for, Julie? Conditioned uh, behaviour. Yeah, that from, conditioned behaviour, understanding, and, yeah. Yeah. Removing that and removing blockages and allowing more light energy to come in has expanded my, my... So do you feel free then now? Yes, yeah, more so, yeah. It allows you to see the bigger picture as well, doesn't it? Uh, whereas before you would have had your blinkers on, you would have, with being conditioned. Yeah. Yeah. I think my first... <clears throat> my fir the first time I came across healing was... Back at church, actually, my mum, my mum did. Um, she practiced healing. Okay. In in the church, in the church of England. England. That's yeah. interesting. But they called it laying. They call it oh, laying, laying of the hands. hands. That's right. They ah. did, didn't they? Which yeah. is, let's be honest, that's Reiki. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, that that would be the same for my mum because my mum was a member of the spiritualist spiritual federation of healers. I've forgotten the name of it now, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there was a, a big government. I mean, my mum very often there. when when I when I have groups and hope I'm really looking forward to starting the groups up again, to be honest. Mm. But my mum comes to them to them now. Yeah. Um oh, she she loves coming to the different groups. And she's she's a fantastic healer. Mm. She really is a fantastic healer. Um and I think to be honest, I think that's always healing is something that we do naturally naturally mm. anyway as human beings and mothers especially from a mother from if they have a baby um holding that baby to your chest that's healing and it's healing it? it's natural the connection healing. yeah mm. rubbing a wound if your child falls yeah. and grazes the leg you rub it you give it healing um so i think that's something it's a natural thing anyway that everybody can do yes um, and I think with younger children from, I don't know, really, up to, up to seven, I think I read somewhere that up, a child up to seven, um, that's when their brain waves are at the, is it theta stage? Yeah. Which is actually the same frequency as hypnotherapy. So... Um, it's almost like saying for a child from one to seven, their brain is in hypnotherapy stage. Yeah, the sponge and the suggestive yeah. mm. state. Yeah. And I think we condition, as adults, we condition children out of that openness to different energies. Well, it's sort of closed down, isn't it, by many. It's... I mean, I, I'm left-handed, um, and I know a lot of people um, sort of well, around the time when I was growing up were forced to write with their right hand, um, but I never did. I, I kept with the left hand 
because uh, it was as if you shouldn't be left-handed, you should be right-handed like everyone else and, you know, you should yeah. be allowed to be, be yourself, who you are, be yeah. yourself. You know, why, why change your essence? Well, I've been blessed with my two daughters and um, from being from a young age, you know, I believe that, you know, you need to let children be who they are, let them express themselves to their full potential. Obviously, you have to steer them in the right direction. And when I say this, um, you're just steering them away out of harm's, uh, harm's way. way. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you're encouraging their quirks, their personality. You're letting them dress how they want to dress, uh, mingle with who they want to mingle with, obviously within reason. Uh, but in terms of spirit, the spiritual side with my daughters, um, ever since day one, both of them had that sensitivity there, uh, which I've encouraged to a degree. Now, I say to a degree because I don't want to be one of these parents that, again, forces something, um, you know, like um, some parents force football on, on the children mm. or mm. ballet or gymnastics or whatever it mm. is. I just didn't want to be one of those parents. So... Um, but by doing that, I've found that uh, both my daughters come to me now and again and they'll ask me questions or they'll say, Dad, I've, um, I've just seen a man, a spirit man in the kitchen or wherever. They're quite open with it and they feel comfortable in sharing that with me. So I, I find that uh, that's attributed to me, you know, allowing them to be who they are, really. Yeah. My sister's daughter, when she was younger... She used to, when they were leaving for school, um, Katie, my niece, she used to wave to the bedroom window. Oh, wonderful. And my sister yeah. used to say, who, who are you waving, waving to? to. The, the, yeah. the, uh, the boy, the little yeah. boy in the window. So I do think children are so open to spirit and energy, really. Definitely. They, they, have, they do have that sixth sense. Um, I, I remember many years ago now when my oldest daughter was a lot younger um we went to um it was like a stately home and they had in one particular room they had lots of stuffed animals on displaying cabinets now she'd never been in this building before um you had to turn a corner in order to get in this room but prior to going into this room she was putting the anchors on. She was tugging at my arm. She was crying. She says, I'm not going in there. I don't want to go in there. And, you know, at the time I had no idea why. Um, anyway, I, I says, you know, don't be silly. Come on, let's go in. Anyway, we went in and she was in hysterics and she was picking up all the vibes of these um, dead animals, animals on display there. So we had yeah. to avoid that part of the of the tour in that building there. But it just shows you that how sensitive children are and they pick up on that um so yeah you know they they are aware and they're aware of ad different people like different adults and people they come in contact with before that other person even speaks um a child might run to its mom or run to its dad or grandma or granddad for that reassuring cuddle they're because the energies of yeah, they, they're from feeling that that person's that got. Person. Even though the person's mm. smiling and trying to make jokes with them, they mm. they kind of know mm. there's something wrong there. Yeah, yeah, I I get that <clears throat> feeling. You know, not not as of late, but uh, yeah, I will go into a room and I, I will pick up on an atmosphere and I Do can, you know, you know the it's, amount it's the strong. amount of people that say, 
or they can you can walk in a room and say you can cut the atmosphere with with a knife, knife yeah. yeah definitely people yeah. don't realize that they're reading yeah. energy yeah yeah they're feeling that energy and they don't realize do they no i don't want to sound i was i was just just when you were talking glenn about yeah. um your children and yeah. allowing them to to be, be, be who themselves. they are yeah yeah and it just reminded me of something that i don't want to sound political and I don't want to sound like an I'm a LGBTQ plus activist, but it reminded me of something that Margaret Thatcher said right. about oh, okay. children, and it, oh. this is it was around Section Twenty Eight in 1988. Okay, and she said they didn't want children to feel that they had an, an alienable right to be gay. Right. They didn't have a, that right to be gay. What? Mm, and that was that was that was when Section Twenty Eight came in. I just thought I'd drop that in there. I don't know but, why. But I'm just, curious, Phil. What is Section Twenty Eight? Yeah, I'm yeah. unaware of what that means. Piece of yeah. legislation okay. that basically um, removed any teaching of homosexuality in schools. Right. Yeah. Um, so much so that they actually. There were burning books that happened oh, to mention that somebody really? was gay. Can you believe that, that happened in England? That we're actually burning school books. That I didn't diabolical. know anything about that. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. It's gone now. It's mm. gone. Yeah. Um, and actually, LGBT, LGBTQ plus inclusion came into the curriculum, I do believe, in September now, 2020. Okay. Oh, so that's took a long time, hasn't it? The, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's actually now part of the curriculum. Right. Yeah. So Good. it's come back, like you say. Yeah. It's, it's done full circle. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Full know, circle. It, it, yeah. It, it needs to have a platform and it needs, it, it, it is natural, you know, it's normalised. And so why not celebrate it? That is my view. Yeah, definitely. Celebrate diversity. Exactly. So we were going to talk about I was just going to say strategies. We, we, well, we are sort of talking about our we coping are a little bit. strategies. Oh, way. Yeah, we keep sliding it in and out, don't but we? Uh, we can we can bring some more to the table. What have we got? Have we got ten minutes left, Glenn? Um, we have, yeah, around ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, so okay. we're doing well. What other coping strategies do you have then? What What would you suggest to somebody that's maybe struggling with being with quarantined who? at the minute? Yeah. What stroke coping strategies do you think you could give? Well, we've talked about the healing side. People can self heal. You know, it's uh, you can touch your knee or you can mm. <laughs> give yourself a hug. Yeah, stroking. Yeah, it's the shoulders, isn't it? You can. That's that's a, actually a healing uh, part of the. That's a healing hand, a self healing hand position. Yeah, is the hands on the your own hands on your shoulders. And it is almost, it's channeling that energy, but it is giving yourself a hug as well. Yeah, and you can feel the energy and building up in your hands. stroking your well. arms. If you just stroke your arms while you've got them there, that's actually really quite healing to do that. There's also something that, um, I mean, I, I've been feeling the urge to, uh, that I needed a pet of some kind, a cat in particular, <laughs> and um, it's not really practical for my lifestyle, unfortunately, or you know, I would love one, but um, it's going to sound crazy, but I bought a, a comfy throw, you know, that you put over the settee, uh, they're quite furry, 
And with you saying stroking, yeah, I, I cuddle that. I have that at the side of me. I have it cover, covering my legs. It sounds crazy, but do you know what? It gives me that that sort of, it fulfills that craving that I've had to want a, a pet. Pet, yeah. And yeah. maybe really I didn't need a pet. Like you say, I just needed to, to stroke that and, and have that comfort there. Yeah. So maybe that was the underlying issue. But I had, I think it was when I was in the midst of depression, Mm. I rescued Finn, my boy. He's passed now, sadly. Oh. Um, but I've always said that actually we rescued each other. You um, said that before. Yeah. When yeah. I, it's usually the case, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, he was attuned. I attuned him to Reiki, yeah. actually. And he always used to come into, the, if I was holding a, a group at home, um, I used to have my where I previously lived. Um, I had a Reiki room. And I would do the meditation classes and groups in there. And he would love to come in. And if we were meditating, he would literally just soak up, soak <laughs> up yeah. those energies. My cats are like that. Out on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they love yeah. being in my sort of room, my crystal haven, should we say. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely charges them up. So yeah. uh, they're very sensitive as well as, as children, of course. My, my old cat used to do, not necessarily with the healing work, but... Um, I used to have a, a studio at my old property and um, as soon as I went in there she would follow me in I'd be mixing a track down even though it was quite loud she would sit I was being the you know the office chair she'd quite happily sit on my lap purring away whilst I was producing music and um, so she was happy with the frequencies you know even though I think it was like death metal <laughs> I was producing obviously the, there's an energy within that that is a, of a positive nature despite all the, um, the naysayers um mm. but yeah so she used to come in so animals do know don't they they do pick up on it and they're attracted to energy yeah whether it's healing I music I used to find actually that Finn used to come but it back if I was sat if I was just sat in a chair he would back himself in, yeah. I so will. I could, so I could yeah. put hands on and and give him reiki. I've noticed that as well. Um, I'm I'm a cat person, really, but I do like dogs. But they they tend to stand right there where you've just said, yeah, <laughs> and and take they, the energy. They come to you. They yeah. You, they know when they want healing, don't they? They and they'll come to you. For and they that, heal you they? as well, don't they? Yeah, with, with their energies, so it's yeah. definitely a good. I always found that Finn. I suppose it was almost like a soulmate, Finn, to be honest. Um, but for me, being an empath, it was always quite healing for me. It was almost like he would help me release any negative energies that I might have picked up. So that was always healing for me as well. Yeah. And so we all, it really did help me release different uh, unwanted energies and attachments, and stuff like that. Is there a term called an animal familiar that, that most sensitive uh, wise people always had a, a familiar around them, didn't they? For that very purpose, like yeah. you said, to protect them, to guard them and to shield their energies as well. So yeah. so maybe Finn was your familiar yeah. in that respect. And I, I do work with Finn now, to be honest, even though he's in, he's in spirit now. Yeah. Finn's actually one of my guides yeah. now. Fantastic. And I know that, to be honest... He's one he's one guy that actually I have unconditional love and trust in. 
Yeah. So I know that anything that we are doing together, I've got 100% trust in that guide. That's wonderful, yeah. So there's other strategies that you can, you know, apply. Walking, walking in nature. Yeah, in nature. Breathing, uh, eating nutritious foods, um, self-talk. There's so many other things we can explore there. Talking about food as well, it's so important that we, we watch... It's important that we watch what we put into our body and what we Mm. feed ourselves with. And I suppose not only food, but what we what we feed ourselves with, what we are watching, what we are programming ourselves with on TV, what we're listening to, the conversations that we're having. It feeds us, doesn't it? And sometimes that's important that we watch what we feed ourselves with, I suppose, in mind, body and spirit. Well, I I used to be, growing up, a big horror film fan. I used to love it. I used to love the the artwork, the special effects. In Mm -hmm. fact, I was going to go to to college to uh, progress because I I was creating special effects at the time myself and special effects makeup. And I was going to do that. I was, that was all I was going to do. You know, I was obsessed with it. And, um, Obviously, during my spiritual unfoldment, that started to get diluted and it reached a point um, where I can't watch any horror films or anything of a negative nature, like you say there. And just for the listeners to, to be mindful and watch out for this, I was finding that it would make my adrenaline pump round. I felt absolutely exhausted even if i watched um like a minute or a couple of minutes of a horror film or anything of that nature i would feel absolutely drained and shattered and it would take me like half a day to recover from just watching that so i as much as i loved it back then when i was younger um i listened to my body and i said well i can't do that anymore mm. it, it's not it's not really the energy's positive. changed doesn't it yeah, your energy's changed me. Um, so yeah, you're right with uh, what you watch as well there, Phil, yeah. and uh, and obviously what you speak. Because it's all programming, isn't it? Whether yeah. it's your mind yeah, or your soul. And I suppose even when we are, when you're cooking, or even when you're making a drink, yeah, be be mindful of the energies that you're putting into what you are cooking or what you are yeah. drinking. Water is water holds it's it holds energy it holds that memory doesn't it it does yeah and i don't know if you've looked at um different like in ice i think it is when people have really been the different language that people have used on well, they, water they form oh, I've patterns seen the experiments. yeah, yeah the water patterns fantastic. from the positive affirmations and yeah. the not so positive so I suppose you should tell you tell your cup of tea that you love it <laughs> before you drink it. So what, you're drinking that what positive happens, tea. Yeah, positive what happens tea, if you don't yeah. drink tea? <laughs> if you don't like tea, you have to have positive nothing, coffee. Positive nothing personal chocolate. tea or coffee. I don't, I don't <laughs> particularly like you. <laughs> never never cook a meal in anger. Then that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. yeah. So there's all sorts of. I suppose in a way that could take us down the avenue and I don't want to go too deep down this avenue, but you know, such as fast food. I mean, what Mm. energy has that got connected to it? You know, without mentioning names or ingredients or anything like that, maybe that's something that, that people can be aware of when they, they are a little bit famished and they want that quick fix. Well, it's sort of not 
raw or natural as it is processed. Yeah. Uh, usually <clears throat> fast food is, is fast and it has to be processed to be able to deliver on high demand. Um, and foods that are processed weigh the body down. So if you're wanting to raise your vibration, you're actually holding yourself back if you're feeding yourself processed food. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite passionate about the subject of food because I'm a vegetarian. I'm not quite yeah. vegan, but um, I find that I didn't ever really like meat, not for any particular reason. I just didn't feel I liked it. I didn't like how it made me feel. So I like to keep my body nice and light with the plant-based food that I consume. Mm. You know, so that's another topic for another time. I, yeah. I think you yeah. touched upon a wonderful uh, point uh, earlier, Julie, about breathing. And it's something that everybody does, obviously. And we do it uh, unconsciously as well. I think it's a good exercise now and again just to check in with your breathing and, and be more mindful and conscious of the breathing. Um, because sometimes when we are stressed and we don't realise it, we might think we're having a great day and we're fine, everything's going great, but check in with your breathing. If you're breathing really shallow and quick, actually that's telling you there's something actually going on under the surface that you haven't quite addressed and you've gone round and so when this occurs, you know, spend some time with yourself, literally a minute, you know, slow breathing in through your nose for five seconds, hold that breath in your lungs for five seconds, then breathe it out your mouth for five seconds and do this for around a minute or just under and straight away you'll start and feel more energized, you'll have more clarity of mind, uh, you'll have more sort of like a spring in your step if you like, so I don't think it's a lot to ask of anybody. Just yeah. now and again, just check in with your breathing. Yeah, just yeah. have that one minute out, you know, and just check in with yourself. It's it also can... about breathing. Where are you breathing from? So through, through the, the yoga, yeah. um, there's a, we can go into yoga another episode, but to, just to give you a brief overview there, there's a, um, a breathing technique using the yogic breath where you breathe from the diaphragm. Yeah. Then you breathe into the lower chest and then the upper chest. And, if you if you want to check in with your breathing, say you're, you're not feeling quite right, if you are shallow breathing, you will only be breathing from the top of the chest there, and that is a, a warning sign to take the breath lower down. So you can use that breath from the diaphragm up through, and then it empties from the diaphragm there. So that is another technique you can work with. I suppose that ties into as well how we were talking previously. I mentioned about breathing through the feet. Yeah, and tying that into the breath as well, and helping you to grind, uh, ground that yeah. way as well. Good technique. Really. Mm -hmm. Or breathing through any chakra, you can breathe through any chakra, can't yeah. you? Um, what the people? What is it called when you, the people that don't eat, don't drink, they fasting. No, when they live on oh, sunlight. Sun. Oh, I've heard that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I can't mm -hmm. think what that terms. What that term is. I know what you mean, but no, the term's gone for me as well. I think the majority of them drink, but they say they don't need food because it's solar the powered. sun <laughs> nourishes them. Yeah, yeah. Solar powered. Sunitarian. Yeah. <laughs> Sunitarian. I can't think what it's called, to be honest. That's a good term, actually. Sunitarian. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. That's yeah. actually... Uh, I will yeah, look up really that. Good. I'm going to look up that term, actually. No, but we can do some breathing as well. Yeah. And... Uh, 
Uh, I mean, I had a guest on my uh, my live. I did, um, you know, the other day there, and she was a an EFT practitioner, which is um, the tapping. That's right. Yeah, yeah the emotional freedom technique, technique. and um, yeah. she was showing some. Well, she gave a demonstration of how to use tapping uh, on the meridian points of the body there to uh, reprogram the subconscious and and release old patterns. And uh, by by doing the tapping as well, we can then reprogram the subconscious um, to positive things that we want in our lives and po positive behaviors. So um, that's another technique. I mean, I'm no expert by all means on that line of work, but I did find it fascinating. And um, um, she said that a lot of her clients find that um, they feel the benefits after doing it on a daily basis for quite some time it starts to change uh, the behaviors start to change but i was experiencing the energy shifts uh just with that session doing a demonstration you know mm. um so i know that there's a lot of power in that so maybe that's something that the listeners could uh, maybe do a bit of research into yeah can also go into uh, the sense of smell with aromatherapy of course um because um when you inhale um, an essential oil through the nose it goes straight to the brain and the brain then affects your nervous system which then calms your whole body down it's the quickest yeah. way to to get that calmness so for example using a lavender plant essential oil you know it's very calming will help to sleep induce yeah. um or you know achieve a meditative state i think we've talked a lot about processing techniques haven't we for yeah managing stress and coping strategies but there's also a lot of um techniques to take the mind away from that stress as well so almost yeah. like um giving somebody a call talking to people going Absolutely. for a walk so we are in glenn's given us the, we'll have uh, to come back and revisit this. We're going to have to revisit a little bit this, yeah. aren't we? Um, but thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, thank you, Julie. Thank you, Phil. For a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Glenn, for a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Phil. And thank you for sharing your insights and wisdom with us all. No, no, thank you for your insights and wisdom. Are we... Um, we will see you... On the next See you episode. Next episode. Yeah. Brilliant. Stay safe and have a wonderful time, whatever it is you're doing. Take care and God bless. Thank you. Namaste. 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 Thank you for listening and continuing to support the Full Circle Podcast. We would love for you to subscribe and share. Don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page.
Until next time, have a good time, all of the time.